Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. We have, we have this, <coughs> this expert group here. It'd be really helpful, I think, to Dr. Pari Jones and his, you know, how he approaches his research to hear from you what you think are the, the major features that would be helpful. What are the, the ones that are the greatest barriers for you giving uh, rapid care to these patients with ICH? Is that, you yeah, can state I, that question however you would like to. But yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, with obtaining rapid brain imaging, I, I um, you know, as, as the poll reflects, I think that's usually not a problem for us now, obviously, because we, we, we get a, a imaging very quickly to rule out ICH, I guess, don't we? So we can give, um, give treatments for ischemic stroke. So that, that's um, clearly not an issue. Um, the uncertainty when making the decision to proceed with treatments obviously come up as the second highest. And, um, and I presume it's going to be issues relating to when they last took the DOAC, perhaps more than anything, um, that, that, that people are, um, are taking time to think about and to decide. Um, the, the lab results, I think, you know, generally, I, my, I, w- I would have the view that um, if there's going to be any significant delay waiting for those, and you, you're probably best just to get on and treat them. Um, and I guess just switching to that mindset reduces that delay. Um, and as things improve with the laboratory testing in the future, then hopefully we'll be able to, to minimize the time taken in that step. Are the, are the, in your experience, Adrian, or, or the experience of the audiences, are most uh, stroke neurologists, and I would expand that to emergency physicians if they're in the audience, do you have the uh, capability of moving forward without a gatekeeper being a hematologist or someone else within the system determining whether or not you reverse the patient? What is, uh, is your experience? I, I guess a show of hands, do you, are there intermediaries? Are there people that, that are gatekeepers at your institution that uh, you require a call before you can institute care? Show of hands. How many people have to go through a gatekeeper? So that that's very that's very yeah. positive. That's yeah, good that news is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with it. And I think that if you look at over the last uh, year or two, that's a tremendous improvement mm. in the situation. By the way, that 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 also uh, uh, reflected the early treatment of uh, uh, acute myocardial infarction with fibrolytic, right. and it, it it and the treatment with acute stroke, ischemic mm. stroke. Hmm. With fibrinolytic, it gets away from, you know, it gets away from that uh, gatekeeper phenomena. Um, how, it, it, expanding, we have some time. Are there any other questions? I wanted to. Uh, we've got a six. Yes, please. Uh, yes, to the mic, just so everyone can hear your your great question. Well, thank you, Andy, uh, Andrea. Uh, I know you as an Andy in Salford. So it's a very very good presentation and. It's a very good presentation. And we have taken the guidelines regarding the strict uh, control of the hypertension in ICH, which we're using. But here you indicate that hypertension is not a factor. Maybe I misunderstood for the expansion of the, uh, you know, the hematoma. Yeah. The second question is about why adoxaban is not being mentioned, only apixaban and rivaroxaban. 
Uh, okay, so just just to take each of those in turn, I think um, with with the blood pressure question, um, I think there's a lot we don't understand about intensive blood pressure lowering. I think so. If if you what I was referring to there was in in the large meta analysis of um, predictors of hematoma expansion. Um, systolic blood pressure at baseline was not an independent predictor of uh, the risk of hematoma expansion, whereas the other things were. So um, now, uh, if you just look specifically at the INTERACT2 trial, which I think probably guides what most of us do, there was not a significant reduction in hematoma expansion in the trial. Then why we have so much... uh very restricted about strictly monitoring the blood pressure of an ICH. Yeah. And you know, we have already, along with your discussion yeah. in uh, UK, that in our north region, yeah. that ICH and the strict blood pressure of less than 150 and now 150 yeah. systolic. So this is the uh, that is why I raised this question. Yeah. So, so well, I think um, the, the the key thing I'm getting at is that so of course Interact two um, was positive on one of its secondary outcomes with the ordinal shift analysis of um, that, and we've obviously heard this morning that uh, Interact three, the key part of which was blood pressure lowering, significantly improves outcome in um, ICH. So I don't think there's for me there's no doubt that we should be delivering that to our patients and have been. Um, but there, there is a curious disparity between hematoma expansion and outcome in the blood pressure trials. When you put all of them together, which has been done in another big meta-analysis, um, uh, that of, of trials which gave any intervention to lower blood pressure in the first seven days, then you do see a reduction in hematoma expansion. So um, I think it's something that, that, that always makes me wonder, and I don't think I fully understand it. I don't know if you've got any further yeah. comments on it, David. But um, that, that's, uh, that, that's why I put it in there, because I thought it was an interesting thing. Now, Adoxaban, why oh, it is not Yeah, I was going to get to that question. Yeah. So we um, mentioned uh, dipixaban, rivaroxaban more frequently in the presentation, um, and that's just a byproduct of what the label specifically says for indexinet alpha. It includes those two anti-10As. The only reason for that is because those were the two agents that were studied in the phase three trial. In the phase four trial, the Anexa 4 study, they allowed all anti-10As. Um, so certainly in practice, you could use it for reversal of all anti-10As, but the label specifically just includes those two agents because those were the two that were used in the phase three study. That's all. I would like to add to the question about hematoma expansion and uh, the blood pressure control issue. I think we have some at least observational data which, which suggests that there seems even to be a kind of uh, a complementary mechanism if you reverse anticoagulation and you lower blood pressure in patients with anticoagulation ICH. I think it's particularly important in, these, uh, in this ICH group mm. on anticoagulants to lower the blood pressure because these are the patients at highest risk. Um, although I, I agree with you that there are, the signals from the study are a bit, uh, bit uh, puzzling, so we don't really understand it from them. Yeah, and it may be that, that if you treat blood pressure earlier, it does, you know, the, you know if, the, if the window was tighter, that it would have shown a reduction in hematoma expansion and more benefit. But, um, but yeah, I think with, with the bundle components, there may be more than the sum of their parts as well, and that if you do them all together well, that um, you get added benefit. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, EMCREG International, and Total CME Incorporated. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com CME.
Thank you for listening.